Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the PS Blue Podcast, available everywhere. This is episode 14. As always, I'm joined by Vinny, my cousin and co-host. Vinny, are you feeling better today? Because you sounded a little weird last time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I hope I sound better. I know I sounded like I was taking orders at McDonald's last (laughs) episode, and I apologize (laughs) profusely to our hardcore fans out there, but hopefully I sound a little better. I'm doing good, man. How about you? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. It's, uh, you know, a little bit of a crazy week for me this week. I'm trying to sell a car and blah, 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 blah. That's that's always a pain in the butt. But other than that, you know, I've been a little busy with that, but I'm, I'm also very excited about the games I've been playing, okay? Mm. I've been playing Yakuza Like a Dragon. I beat it. So I'm going to wow. give a little mini review uh, as one of our talking points a little bit later in the episode. But uh, other than that, I played Roller Drome which I absolutely love. I love Roller Drome. Um, Bug Snacks. I picked up Bug Snacks for a little bit because that's free now for uh, PlayStation Extra. Uh, have you have you played Bug Snacks at all? We didn't talk about this off the air, so let me just ask you right now. No, I never played it. I know it was, what, the free game of the month? I think, I want to say the first month that the PS5 was out. Yeah. It was free. It was a free yeah. game of the month, so. No, yeah. I, I never played it, though. I didn't. I didn't get to pick it up because if you listen to our previous episode, I didn't have a PS5 back then, so they wouldn't. Oh. It was really weird. They wouldn't let you add it to your library unless you owned a PS5, which is super kind of anti-consumer. Which is another thing we're going to be talking about a little bit later in this episode. But uh, how about you, man? Have you been pl- playing anything uh, noteworthy? Uh, now that now that you. To piggyback off of what you just said, you know what that made me think of? Remember when we would add PS Vita games, those games, the free games of the month, just to be yeah. on the safe side? Remember? Yeah, we didn't That's even exactly have it. where my mind went there, even yeah. though we didn't have a PS Vita. That yeah. is too funny. I know there are probably <laughs> listeners out there that did the same thing. But that paid uh, off, because when it, I finally got my Vita, the games were there a whole library. Me. Right. That's awesome. That is so funny. I totally forgot about that. That is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but like you, I'm, I'm actually dabbling in a lot of different things. The first thing that I want to say... I have been trying to beat Final Fantasy VII, the remake, and I'm at the final boss, Anthony, and it's genuinely soured on me, the final boss. it the what? spawns The spawns at the end of the game are, like, insulting. It's, in, it's literally insulting. I'm at the final boss. All right, you know what? I'm just going to say it. I think we all know who the final boss of Final Spoiler Fantasy alert. VII remake. Spoiler alert. Can I say alert. it? Yeah, so you fight Sephiroth, right? Before yeah. you fight him, you got to fight, like, 16 different dragon people, you know, in that little, like, uh, you know, underworld, whatever that place is. Yeah. Anyways, when you get killed against Sephiroth, it takes you back, like, six boss battles. So you got to refight the first six bosses. It doesn't take you back to the Sephiroth fight. So I'm getting kind of pissed off at that right now. I don't uh, didn't know it, it's ridiculous. I've never it's really just soured the game for me. And I know the whole point is, you know, I should be prepared for those final ba- ba- uh, battles. But, you know, I, so I'm hoping that I beat that this week. Uh, other games, I've been dabbling in some Doom Eternal, which I think is outstanding. I think it's an amazing game. I love playing it. Yes. Um, other than that, the other game that I wanted to bring up, well, I did play Madden. We're going to talk a little bit about Madden later. Okay. But the other game that I played was Fortnite. And I know you dis- are disgusted, but Fortnite actually has a funny, I don't know if you saw it maybe on the PlayStation Store, has a pretty funny uh, DLC right now, which is the Dragon Ball Z. Everything is Dragon Ball Z themed. And it's actually oh, wow. really impressive. There's a lot of cool uh, moments in the game that are directly, uh, you know, just 
love letters to Dragon Ball Z fans. There's a lot of moves from the Dragon Ball Z universe in the game now. So that's fun. Uh, but other than that, not too much. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's funny you brought up Fortnite. I'm going to tell you something that this is very going to surprise you very much. I've been playing a Battle Royale. Wow. Only for like 30 oh, minutes. Man. But 30 okay. minutes is about 25 minutes more than I've ever gotten in a Battle Royale. And I streamed it. Uh... But the mic quality was so bad because I was using the controller mic that I ended up not even posting it or anything like that. But I'm thinking about potentially doing some sort of a stream or gameplay video because we don't really do that on the channel. I wanted to see if it could get any legs, so I might try that. But the game that I'm talking about is Rumbleverse. Rumbleverse. That's the uh, wrestling game, is it not? Right. I, I, right. I haven't played it. I've heard of it. What do you right. think? So one of one of my big problems with online multiplayer games is like, you know, people using aimbots and and controller hacks and and just ten uh, year old savants that are just so good at shooters, <laughs> you can't even like enjoy the gameplay, and that's sort of uh, alleviated a little bit in this game because it's melee focused. So I got I got uh in the top it's a 40 40 person battle royale and I got in the top 8. And wow. I'll be honest with you it it gets a little your adrenaline when you get in the top 15, top 10, you see that number sort of shrink, you start to get a little bit of an adrenaline rush and I I have to say maybe I was a little bit too hard on battle royale because maybe maybe wow. I just it just wasn't maybe Fortnite just wasn't my style. Maybe maybe I shouldn't have of uh shit on an entire genre maybe and that that's my bad and wow you know Look yeah it's you i knew yeah. you'd come around someday anthony and i never <laughs> thought that rumble verse would be the one to do it but i'm glad that uh it's funny because i was gonna download the game i just yeah haven't had the time I, I got too many games to play right now but uh i think they're like actively uh advertising this game in the playstation store i want to say it was it's like the first thing whenever you go in yeah there. yeah uh, it's it, and it's epic it's epic i, I think epic published it Epic Games. It looks, I don't think, yeah, it it's looks the same. very Fortnite-y graphically. It, it looks it very is graphic, Fortnite. Yeah, very much so. Um, mm-hmm. And then you got you got all the all the trimmings of a free-to-play game, just pop-ups that do not go away, and just you have to you're, you have to exit out of all that stuff and just sort of, I, and that's the part that I can't stand. That's why I never make it past, you know, the the queue for the loading. I mean, for the matchmaking that's that's why I, I very rarely do i get farther than that in one of those games because i see the menu and i just get immediately disgusted but anyway I, I feel myself starting up a tangent so i'm gonna reel it in and we are going to talk some more video games we got some great topics today including madden 23 death stranding ps5 prices and more but before we get into it the quote of the week and Vinny. I'm going to pass this over to you because it was one of my quotes, actually. That's right, Anthony. You got our most prestigious award. That would be the quote of the week. Last week, Anthony said, I believe, actually, Anthony, this was when we were talking about SpongeBob, the new SpongeBob game that's coming out, the platformer. Uh, Yeah. Anthony said last week, quote, there was a dry spell of mascot platformers in the mid-2010s. But you're starting to see a revival of this genre, and this is something that I am just so over the moon about. But there was a dry spell for a while there. I don't know why. 
It's one of my all-time favorite genres, end quote. Anthony, I couldn't agree any more with what you said here. Do you have anything you want to add? What are your thoughts? It was it was a really funny moment in the podcast. If, if you actually listened to our previous episode after hearing Vinny's uh, McDonald's drive-thru uh, <laughs> <laughs> audio quality, if you got past that, which, by the way, McDonald's is not sponsoring the video. Just, just I just want to make that clear up front. <laughs> but anyway, so if you got past that, uh, you were in for a really good episode. But but one, we, we started to go into this very philosophical territory because we didn't have a lot of topics. <laughs> we had, you know, a handful of, of things. It was sort of a slow week. But this week is just the complete polar opposite. But anyway... Having said that, I gave us some room to breathe with these topics, and we got into this deep philosophical conversation about video games and genre and how you can only do certain things in a video game, and we're going to talk more about that a little in a little bit with Psychonauts 2, but um, <laughs> then he goes like this. He goes, all of this from SpongeBob Cosmic Shake, and <laughs> you just had to be there. That's what it was. You just yes. had to be there to because it was we were, we were getting really, really <laughs> philosophical and he goes, thanks, SpongeBob Cosmic Shake. SpongeBob so, Cosmic Shake yeah. was, was to thank. That was the oh, catalyst man. for just yeah, such a deep, in, super in funny. depth conversation. Too super funny. funny. <laughs> okay, so so we're going to dive dive right in here. Uh, really quickly, I wanted to say, I, I forgot to mention, Vinny, Psychonauts 2, review. He has not beaten Psychonauts 2. That was the requirement of this for your consideration. Like I mentioned, we've both been kind of busy, and I know that that's a recurring theme <laughs> the last few weeks, but bear with us here. What we're going to do is we're going to split up Vinny's For Your Consideration into two different episodes. So we're going to have Psychonauts 2 Part 1, we'll have Psychonauts 2 Part 2, and then the following For Your Consideration will be my review of Trover Saves the Universe. So that's how we're going to approach that, uh, just, just to let you guys know. So with all that housekeeping out of the way, Vinny, tell me why Madden 23 is your presumptive game of the year. Go ahead. <laughs> That's right. You caught me, Anthony. What a good segue. All right. Let me just say this about Madden. This game, it's the same game every year, Anthony. We're getting the exact same game every single year. And right. I want to apologize beforehand to our audience because I am the moron that picked up Madden 23 I paid $70 for this game, and I'm so dis disgusted with myself. $70. It's not $60 anymore. $70 I paid. Oh, I got God. coerced by a few friends to do, you know, the online, uh, what do they call it, uh, franchise, franchise mode, which is cool, but I've been, I played this eight years ago, the exact same game, Anthony. I couldn't believe it. I haven't played a Madden in a few years. Uh, I would say two, three, four years, uh, you know, somewhere in that range. Uh, it's been the exact same game since 2011, 2012. They keep adding little things to this game, but fundamentally, it's the exact same thing. And my goodness, the Ultimate Team has destroyed this franchise. It just has. It's taken over completely. That's where all of the time is being spent, I'm sure, internally at EA. And one thing that I think I was mentioning to you the most disgusting thing about Madden 23 is when you search it on YouTube, you search for it on any sort of website or, you know, do a quick Google search. All you see are these, oh, uh, 
card pack openings, best cards, you don't see people genuinely talking about this game is shit. This the game is shit. It, it I and I'm sorry for being so direct about it, but there's no other way to describe this game. I'm sorry. I'm disgusted with this game. I'm disgusted with myself for paying $70. I just I can't do it anymore, man. I I can't do it. Maybe I need counseling about paying for Madden. Maybe that's what I need because I keep getting coerced into buying it. And I'm that moron that keeps thinking there's going to be, it's going to be different this time. It's going to be different this time, but it's always the same. It's the same game. It it is, man. Did you go ahead? Here's the thing. They are, they're geniuses over at EA. They really are. I mean, they are from on a business perspective, the game comes out during preseason when the hype around football cannot be higher. If you are a football fan, all you can think about before week one of the regular season is football. For, the for I would yep. say, three, four weeks preseason because the media jams it down your throat. If you are even remotely into the sports world, all you see is football stuff. 24-7. 24-7, a month before. So it's hard to not have this hype build up for the NFL season. So what better way to get yourself excited for the NFL season than buying the new Madden that comes out before week one so you can get that football fix in early? Total genius move. You know what I mean? But because of this, because it is such a rock-solid marketing uh, strategy, I would say, they don't have to try at the game anymore. They just don't. And what a disrespect. It, it How disrespectful it is to John Madden that the game has sunk this low. Now, I will say they did a great job of tributing him when you when you first turned the game on because John Madden passed away uh, before this, this new one came out. So uh, they, they did an, a nice job of, of, of making tribute to him. Uh, some really cool stuff with like the, you know, his, he was famous for his drawing, his screen drawings and, and things like that. And they did a, they did a really, really, really good job of, of tributing him in the opening game that you play. John Madden's actually coaching on your team and they make this big dramatic deal out of it. They put you in his old stadium, the old Raiders stadium. Very cool. Very, very cool. Um, so, so I, I'm really, I'm really proud of the developers there for doing that and, and giving him the proper sort of send off, if you will. But, but his legacy is forever preserved in in the Madden series. Unfortunately, it's, it's the Madden name is becoming tarnished and becoming associated with, with microtransactions and, and money grabbing uh, or money grubbing. I don't know. However, that phrase is, I might be saying it wrong, but whatever. So, so it sucks. It just sucks, and 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 uh, I'm a little bit higher on the game than you are, I think, because I didn't pay for it yet, and I say yet. You see how I how I use the word yet? Because <laughs> <laughs> yes. the the going back to the marketing strategy, I want to see my rookies. I'm a Giants fan. I want to see those rookies in uniform on my team. You know what I mean? I want to I want to pass to Wandale Robinson. I I just I just I just want to see him take the field. I want to I want to play as a Tyrod Taylor when Daniel Jones gets benched. God, please don't let that happen. <laughs> but uh sorry, I, I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent there. But anyway, so 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 what I'm trying to say is at the end of the day, what it all boils down to is is they don't have to try as hard 
to sell copies of this game, sort of like Call of Duty. And the difference here being Call of Duty has a different formula that is... Uh, the Call of Duty formula is is has a higher room for error, I would say, than the Madden formula. Because you are playing the same game in a vacuum over and over and over again in a 60-minute in a game of football. You know what I mean? Call of Duty, they at least go to a new location. They at least do. But, but even Call of Duty's starting to get a shorter leash now. Vanguard was not received well at all. Um, but reeling it all in, getting, getting back to my point, I will say this, uh, critically, I've, I've done a roundup of reviews, looked at it sort of, you know, try, try to look at it as objectively as I possibly can. The next gen version of the game has been received far better than the current gen version of the game. Okay. So the graphics are heavily improved and you don't really notice it until you, look at gameplay for earlier Maddens, but I thought the graphics were, were, were pretty good actually. Um, and pretty convincing and, and, uh, a real highlight for the game. So, so there's that, it has that going in, in a positive way. Um, the, the face of the franchise mode apparently was completely revamped and that's supposed to be very good, but the game is barren of certain features on current gen versions. So this game, if you are looking to pick it up, you might as well wait for the next gen version because that is the definitive version of the game. And that is the only version that will give you some sort of feeling of newness here. Uh, if you don't get the, if you don't get the next gen version of the game, just, just don't even bother really, but find a custom roster somewhere online and, and just get your new players that way. You know, they won't have face models and, and things of that, that nature, but, you know, at least you'll have an updated roster. And that would be my advice. Now, Vinny, it seems like you want to say something. Go ahead. No, I, I'm, I, I was thinking about your Call of Duty point because I do think it's it's important to bring up because at least the Call of Duty developers have a chance to succeed. And what I mean by that is Activision... Very, you know, we say a lot of bad things about Activision, but they do have a very wise business strategy or development strategy with the Call of Duty games. They have multiple developers internally that make the games over a three-year-long period. Infinity Ward makes their game over three years. Treyarch makes their game over three years. You know, the, the internal development teams have time to actually make good games. With Madden, it's the same team every single year. They get 10 months to do an update, to add some sort of, you know, movement or add a few other animations. That's it. Really That's the only point. time that they get. So it, it was a great, yeah, it was, it was, I'm happy that you brought it up because it made me think of that. But man, it just feels like I paid $70 to go off your upper point for a roster upgrade. That's all I did. I paid right. $70 for an, a roster update. That's it. Right. This game should be, and it feels like I paid $70 for a free to play game. This game should be free to play. It should. Absolutely. Madden should be free to play. It Absolutely. plays free to play at 100%. They're basically charging $70 for what should be a free to play game. Let's call it what it is. And I'm glad you agree with me. And I'm sure everyone else does. And they're getting away with it. That's the worst part is they're getting away with it. Um, and they're not going to stop because these games sell so well every single year. And like you said, they're geniuses. It's evil geniuses over there at EA because they know. People are going to buy this because of football, and everybody loves 
Not everybody loves football, but I mean, my goodness, the game sells by itself just because it's a football game. That's it. You know, it, it could, it's just disgusting, man. I, I'm, I'm, I need counseling for buying this game. I'm so upset with myself. <laughs> I finally caved in. I did it thinking it would be different, but it's not. So to all of our non-football fans, uh, I apologize because this is, you know, it's getting into rant territory. This is a big segment, but but Vinny and I have been following football for 15 years now. You know what I mean? And and it's 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 very it's it's a place of uh, comfort for us. And and it's and and it's I've been playing Madden since Madden. Oh, shoot, I don't even know the first Madden game I played. The, the last one I remember was the one with with uh, Donovan McNabb on the cover. Which which one was that, Vinny? Oh, man, that must have been Excuse 2000, the 2000, 2003, 2000, no, early 2000s, no, 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 no. I want to say. It was early Maybe 2000s. Maybe late, uh, late 2000s, like, like 2009, 06. something. 06. 06. There you go. Yeah. Okay. I remember that one. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that, that was how many years ago? 15? 16? Yeah, 16 years ago. 16 years ago. Holy cow. Anyway, so so th- this is this is why, you know, again, just, just fast forward a little bit. I, I'm not going to come up with any... Uh, time codes or anything like that. Uh, I got to wait till we get our first intern for that, but (laughs) (laughs) I I have a little bit more to say about Madden. So hang in there because we're still talking football. Okay. Field sense. Field sense is, I don't even know what that is. So if if (laughs) (laughs) those are just words, they're just throwing words together and apparently it's it's something with the, I think, but I think it's something with the AI where it, the AI is supposed to like react more organically to the football. Uh, I tried reading up on it, but I don't typically do call to actions. But write in if you can explain field sense to me better than than uh, the major news outlets. Also, the new passing mechanics. I tried. There's a couple of different options that you have, and I tried them all. I don't understand it. It's it, it, <sighs> me too. It's it's weird. It's it, giving me I a headache. Just, yeah. Did I just you go back the same to just the original. Yeah. yeah I didn't go I back, back to, the, to original. the original. I should do really that. Vinny. I should do That's that. That's what I did. I, I left I it up. on. I left it on whatever it was on, but I don't use it. The only thing I use is bullet pass. Like when I'm, when a, during a slant or something, you have to do, mm-hmm. if you don't do bullet pass, they'll pick it off. So I like, I like slants in Madden. And uh, I, I use I you hold it down to do a bullet pass. But other than that, I I tried on a deep ball to to pass it, you know, toward the sideline so only my receiver could catch it. And it didn't it, like it just didn't work. It's it's maybe it's just a, an acquired taste or something you have to learn. But can can you guys write in about that as well? Because uh, for those of you that have been playing Madden and understand the field sense a little bit better or understand the new uh way of passing the ball the more i guess skill stick version of passing the ball is the best way to describe it please explain it to us if you get if you get it under your belt is it worth it do you like it does it do anything for the game right in i i need to know about this because it's it's seriously piquing my curiosity and and hopefully 
hopefully people say, Hey, this is an actual feature that I like and enjoy. But so, so, okay. So you were just as confused as I was. I'm happy to hear that yes. because I thought yeah. maybe, I thought maybe I was just not getting it. Uh, and maybe there's just something wrong with maybe I'm just getting old or something, but you know, here's, here's the other thing I'll say. <laughs> the giants have a new coach. The giants have a new coach every two years. So I have to get the next Madden iteration every two years because yeah. <laughs> same year, same thing here. My goodness. All right. Let's, let's, uh, let's we move on. So sad. Let's move on. Let's move on. So, uh, for our intern, 25 minutes roughly in case there's no edits 25 minutes madden discussion over we're moving on to other stuff don't no more no more football talk no more sports talk what is next on our radar death stranding is coming to game pass what is going on sony sony what is going on Okay, so this is from news.xbox.com, straight from Xbox's website. Tomorrow is in your hands. Death Stranding, available August 23rd, so it's already out by now, with PC Game Pass. Kojima Productions and 505 Games are incredibly excited to announce that Death Stranding, a Sony IP, is launching August 23rd with PC Game Pass. The genre-defying open-world action-adventure game stars Norman Reedus, Mads Mikkelsen, and other people. Windows 10 and 11 PC gamers can expect such features as ultra-wide mode, photo mode, high frame rate, and crossover content from some very well-known franchises. Vinny, the definitive version of Death Stranding is going to be on Xbox. PC Game Pass, okay? But it's Xbox nonetheless. What is going on here? Why can Sony allow this to happen? How is this happening? They must. Microsoft must be giving them an insane amount of money to do this, or Sony just doesn't care anymore. I, I help me out here, Vinny, because I don't understand what's going on. Because do they not realize that this is a big deal? All right, Anthony, I got you. You're you're in good hands here. Because guess what I'm about to lay down? One of Vinny's famous theories, ideas, whatever we want to call it. That's right. I got one for this. Because I'm refusing. I, I can't. I, I'm trying to make sense of this as well. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Did Microsoft pay Sony? What what happened here? And so it got my mind kind of churning, if you will. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to make this make sense to you. And it's not going to be some elaborate theory, but it is something that I that came across my mind. I think this is this was purposefully done by Sony. I think it, it certainly was. This is not a situation where Kojima Productions went behind their back or... Uh, Maybe even something like the MLB, the show situation where uh, I want to say that was San Sony or what was it? Uh, San Diego Studios or I'm, I'm probably referring to that studio wrong, but um, kind of going behind the backs of Sony, if you will, and putting MLB, the show on Game Pass. I think Sony was probably a little caught off guard by that move. I don't think that's what's happening here with Death Stranding. My mind is going to the Activision Blizzard deal, Anthony. So Sony is trying to I get I'm seeing I think we're seeing some ripple effects here from that deal because Sony cannot lose those games. Sony is maybe trying to get on the good side here of Microsoft. Hey, we'll give you some of our games. We'll put some of our games on Game Pass for you. Can we also keep can maybe we get a piece of that Elder Scrolls game that's coming out in 8 years? You know, may, can we maybe get the next Diablo game on our console, 
even though I know Diablo 4 is coming out. But I think this is... Later. I, later, though, right? It would still be timed exclusive on Xbox, just to clarify. If there's a deal like that going on, it would come to Xbox first and then Sony consoles. I'm not even right? saying there's a deal. I don't even know if it's like a deal, but I think that Sony internally is thinking to themselves, we better start kissing some ass. We had better start kissing ass. We better start playing nice because Microsoft has the ability to just take so much away from Sony, like like a ridiculous amount. So uh, that's, that is what I'm thinking is happening here. I and a game like Death Stranding is a Sony owned IP. This and like I said, not like MLB the show, which was not owned by Sony, you know, the IP itself. I just this to me is is it just feels like this is ripple effects of that Activision deal kind of playing here and Sony playing nice. Uh and, and I think we're gonna start seeing things like this more frequently going down the going down the road because Sony knows what's coming. They, the, it's coming next year at some point this deal is going to go through and you better start kissing ass uh, okay uh i respect the theory i don't know if i agree mm. i think it's yeah i think it's i don't know that i disagree i just then think it's a it little be? bit i think it's a little bit of a reach i do i think that if there was something like this happening where we have really, really big uh, businesses, business-minded people, people that understand the the cycle of of video game, uh, video games as an industry. Okay, they understand what's happening in the future. This is a little bit uncharted waters with this Activision deal, but it's but nonetheless, they they understand the general concept very well of video games as an industry. So if there was something like this happening, I think it would have already happened. In other words, some sort of contractual agreement between Sony and Microsoft saying, okay, the Call of Duty games are coming to PlayStation. We just got to get it in writing once this deal is done. They're still going to come to PlayStation. We'll give you Death Stranding. Some sort of, you know, communication there between Xbox and Sony. Maybe it's not a contract, but but some sort of proof that, you know, they're get, they're going to get some return on this uh, investment, for lack of a better term, in, in them giving Death Stranding to Microsoft, to Game Pass. Because it could have just as easily come out for Steam and, uh, you know, Epic Game Store, just, just like Spider-Man did. Why Game Pass? I... I I, I'm hoping you're right. I'm hoping they have some some larger, grander scheme here, though. But let's let's not get it twisted, Vinny. Sony still sees themselves as a competitor to Xbox. They do not want to play nice with Xbox. Well, I mean, they want to play nice with Xbox, obviously, but they don't want to feel like they are beneath Xbox as a company. Like they owe something to Xbox because they're going to lose too much if they do not kiss their butts like you're like you're saying. I don't I don't think that's Anthony, it. I think I I think it is. Number one the one thing first thing I'll say is I don't think those conversations can take place until Microsoft is fully actually acquired Activision, which hasn't happened. It's not going to happen for another year. It right. still needs to get approved by a lot of people. And we heard Sony straight up say that, when they were d- trying to explain, I think, to some board, uh, 
I think we had discussed it a few weeks back where Sony, I want to say the CEO, maybe not the CEO, but a representative of Sony essentially said nobody can compete with Call of Duty. There's no way we can compete with it at all. So Sony, this is unlike anything we've ever seen. I mean, we keep going back to this Activision deal, but also think about Bethesda. I mean, Sony can't live off of just their own IPs. They can't do it. Microsoft has honestly yeah. reached a point now where they own too much. Like, right. like you can't just hold, you know, stay on your high horse, so to speak, and just say no, we're not giving them anything. Like, I, I think this is a pre. This is it. Just seems to me that, like otherwise, it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make just, any sense to me if this isn't what's happening. I don't it, think it, it's like, that deep. I, I don't think it's that deep. So I do think, you think they just. What do you think it is then? Because I, I know I'll you, tell you. It sounds like you're trying to go ahead. I'll tell you exactly. Like they're what trying I think to just get money. Yes, because here, here's this is my thought process. That Death Stranding did not do as well as they would have probably liked, right? It's a Kojima game. Kojima games have a very high uh, ceiling. Let's say Metal Gear Solid. This this guy Hideo Kojima makes games that that sell like like a blockbuster hit every single game he he makes. Death Stranding was a little bit more niche, a little bit more like it had an audience, right? It sold moderately well, but not as well as Kojima games of the past, or at least that's the impression I have. So when Death Stranding comes to to Game Pass, excuse me, when Death Stranding comes to PlayStation Plus, Sony's done making money on this game. Okay? They're officially done making money on this game. So the only way they can see any sort of return on Death Stranding now is to sell it to another service. And we've seen it with Spider-Man coming to Steam, coming to Epic Games Store. We, and, and we're seeing it here with Death Stranding. Now, I don't think it's a lot of money. Maybe that's sort of an ulterior motive. Maybe somebody pitched that. Hey, we'll play nice with Xbox here. They'll like us for this. We'll get on their good side. But I, I really just think it's it's to get maximum value out of this ip that's that's really all it is in my opinion i i don't know i don't know what what do you think interesting interesting it's just if if that were the case i think we that could be it it could be but i i don't think that this happens if microsoft doesn't own or is about to own activision blizzard and owns bethesda yeah, see, I, I don't think, think it this happens. happens. I think it happens. I don't think this way. happens at all. Sony would never do something like this. They I don't would know, never. Man. The only, the only, my only apprehension about this, uh, as a Sony business person, is, you know, I look at this IP, Death Stranding. I look at just just the game, just this one game, Death Stranding, and Death Stranding Director's Cut. I guess it's two games if you want to consider it two games. I look at it. I say, okay, sales are pretty much obsolete at this point everybody who's going to buy this game has bought it we can make a deal here with this service we're not calling them xbox we're just saying we're not viewing them as xbox we're viewing them as a business partner you know not a rival in this situation let's just make some money but you know it that contradicts everything else that sony has sort of done when when we see the new playstation plus structure that is directly competing with game pass so why would they directly compete with game pass like this 
and then contradict themselves by taking an exclusive game from their service and 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 bridging the gap between Game Pass and PlayStation Plus. Essentially making their own service less valuable. Why would they do that? That's that, that, I'm trying to tell you the only logical explanation. It's the only logical answer here is we need to play nice with Microsoft. We need to do something. Because guess what? Microsoft, if Sony doesn't do stuff like this, Microsoft has every right and probably will say to themselves, we're not putting Elder Scrolls on PlayStation. But they're Elder not going... Scrolls, like, they, that's a decision they're going to make, you know, either way. I don't think... <laughs> I don't think this I has don't any think bearing so. Microsoft, on it. Microsoft, if... I, it's a give and take, Anthony. They're, these are business deals. You got you to gotta give something to get something. Okay, I'm thinking to myself. Right, exactly. Right, exactly. Microsoft it's a business is gonna deal. Feel, so if it's a, uh, let me let me let me say ahead. this real quick. Microsoft sitting in a boardroom meeting deciding whether to put Elder Scrolls on the PlayStation console. Right, they're talking about Elder Scrolls Six. Guess what that conversation is going to be like if Sony's never given Microsoft a damn thing? They're going to say we're not putting it on that console. It's not okay. going to happen ever. Okay. Yet if Sony over the last year has been giving us Horizon, has been giving us, uh, you know, Death Stranding. Well, okay, maybe we'll put it on their platform a year later. Well, like, we'll feel a little bit more inclined to do so. Microsoft has so much money, they don't care. You know, they, they can do whatever they want. I just get, it. like, otherwise, it, I just think this has everything to do with what Microsoft owns. I refuse to believe that Sony's a bunch of morons. But like There's you no said, way. But like you said, it's business, right? So if it's business, they're not looking at, oh, Sony was nice to us that one time. They're looking at, are we going to make more money than we're going to lose if we do that? That's literally and all then, it boils and, down Anthony, to. But if, but if you don't give Sony uh, Skyrim, Sony's not going to give you anything anymore. You're not going to get that anymore. Okay, like that's, it's, a, it's, that's a, a fair point. There's a give and there. That, that's there's a fair a point. Take. You're that's not going to fair... get Horizon or Death Strand. You're not going to get these games. All I'm saying... So that's, you know... All I'm saying is, it's a fair point. There would have to be something in writing already for Sony to part ways with their exclusive, one of their exclusive games that makes their service, which is <laughs> our next topic is I'm going to go in on Sony's service a little bit, but makes their service a little bit better. Having every exclusive game that Sony has on PlayStation Plus makes their service a little bit better and a little bit more competitive with Game Pass. Because right now, there's not much competition. So, in my opinion, they're not going to give up something like that unless they already have something in writing or already have some sort of a pending deal in the works. So, I agree with you with that one caveat. Okay, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna disagree there. We're gonna have to ask the audience here because I yeah. disagree. I don't. I think this is yeah. Sony having foresight here, understanding they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place, so to speak. Like they don't have, it, they're losing so much, or have the potential to do so. I think this is them having foresight and thinking to themselves, you know what, you know, we better start playing nice. We we better right. start doing stuff for them. Otherwise, we're gonna be we might be screwed. This will be uh. This will be an interesting one, yeah. Yeah, people, everybody's got to gotta let us know what they think in the yeah. comments, because this is this is interesting. We're going to have to keep this on. Obviously, we're going to be watching out for how this situation unfolds, but, you know, it's, it's a great point, and, uh, you know, I think that'll get us some interesting you know it'll it'll get the conversation going it'll it'll lead to some interesting discussions here that theory because you, you could be absolutely right we, we we won't know until we know you know what i mean yeah. uh so this next topic 
is about PlayStation Premium. Highly related topic. We were just talking about Sony's subscription service, trying to compete with Microsoft and Xbox. And what better way to do that than with the premium, premium, just listen to that word, premium. It is the best of the best, premium tier of PlayStation Plus. The stupidest thing you could do with your money right now, unless you really like streaming PlayStation 3 games, unless you really like Sony classic games and and you have a backlog of games that you want to play, the stupidest thing with your money that you could do right now is upgrade from PlayStation Extra to PlayStation Premium. The service is offering literally nothing new, okay? Nothing new. $14.99 for, for PlayStation Plus Extra. Great deals, great games on there. It, it is a great offering, okay? For an extra $5, you get a whole library of games that is more than worth your money. From $14.99 to $17.99, you get PS2 games and a couple of free trials. Okay? One hour free trials. So the only new thing that we we see (laughs) this month, mind you, we got a couple new Yakuza games and Bug Snacks and which I I already mentioned I'm playing. Some some really awesome stuff for for the the extra tier, uh, which is great. Free. Every two weeks, you're getting new games because you're getting uh, the new PlayStation Plus free games of the month at the beginning of, of the year and then at the beginning of the month. And then halfway through the month, two weeks later, you're getting new extra games, which they've already pretty much guaranteed in writing. So, but for premium, premium, $3 more, what do you get? A 35 minute trial of Roller Drome which was advertised as a one-hour trial on the PlayStation Store, okay? So I upgraded, and they let you do it, uh, you know, they let you pay like a, a retroactive fee. So let's say there's only two weeks left in the month, you can upgrade for a dollar. So I did it because I wanted to check out Roller Drome because I was like, this game looks awesome. I want to check it out. <clears throat> Excuse the voice crack. I want to check it out. Let's let's do Roller Drome. I'll do it. I upgraded for a dollar and seventy cents or whatever it was. I go, I, I download Rollerdrome, I click on it. It says you have thirty-five minutes remaining on your one-hour PlayStation Plus trial. Even though, and I have screenshots. It says on the PlayStation Store, a one-hour PS Plus trial is included with your premium membership. Now this is a big problem. Okay, thirty-five minutes. To an hour, it's 25 minutes of gameplay, right? That's whatever. It's it's not that. It's it's not the 25 minutes. It's the false advertising. It's the sort of lack of awareness that you have this quote-unquote premium tier, and this is the only thing you're offering? You can't even give us one hour? I understand they had to make the deal with the developer in mind. I'm sure that there was some sort of a negotiation process there. But we have Rollerdrome here, and we have, uh, courtesy of PushSquare.com, they reached out to the developer's private division, um, excuse me, the publisher, private division, who published Rollerdrome, uh, the trial time discrepancy, as they, as they put it on the website. They say, quote, The PS Store page displays a one-hour estimation for Rollerdrome's PS Plus Premium game trial length. 
The actual play time limit for the trial is 35 minutes, which provides an introductory experience akin to a demo. We encourage anyone who is interested in Rollerdrome to give it a try. End quote. That is from, again, Private Division, courtesy of PushSquare.com. They reached out to the publisher. So, I, I just, I need a second to process this. They are giving you 35 minutes. And they did some more digging. This, inc- this is included in loading the game up, <laughs> going to the main menu, uh, starting the game, watching the opening cutscene. That all counts as part of your 35-minute trial. Okay? So you can essentially play two levels. That's fine. Whatever. It is what it is. Again, it's not the 25 minutes. It's the false advertising. Now, if you go on, on the PlayStation Store because Sony got flack for it, this is it just it, it just looks silly. On the PlayStation Store, you will see a 0.58333333 hour trial included with your PlayStation oh Premium. Yeah. Wow. That's literally what it says. If you do 35 divided by 60, that's what it that's what it says. So Wow. That's that's it for my rant. I apologize. Vinny talk to me about this because this is your first exposure to this. I know I know uh I sort of surprised you with this. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm letting it sink in a little bit here because that's just dirty. Man, that that, that is really a bad business practice. I really can't believe that they like you said, it's it's about the false advertisement. It's not about necessarily the length of time that you were playing or anything like that. It's just about because you know what's funny. I saw the one hour, uh, the uh, one hour de- or uh, what was it? Uh, try this game for one hour, right? They were actively advertising it on the store. Like I remember, I was on the store. Like I want to say, like a few days ago, I saw it, and I was like, "Oh, I'll have to check it out for an hour." I know, and I'd seen your video, and you said that the game was really good. I was planning on checking it out, you know, at least maybe testing it for an hour. But I'm so glad that you did this PSA about that extra or that premium tier, because you're absolutely right. That we've been, we've been preaching this. I think even from when they announced the services, there really just isn't much there to get that premium tier, that extra. I don't even know how much it is a, a year, right? I think it's like oh, damn near double what the extra tier is. So, th- man, that is a crazy story. And now you, you said it's so, it literally will show a point eight three 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 demo. Like, what, yeah. what does it say? So, <laughs> so, okay. So I looked at the PlayStation Store on my PlayStation Five because obviously I was invested in this story. I was a dollar and seventy three cents <laughs> invested in this story. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the other thing, Vinny. You don't have premium either. You were thinking about playing the trial. You would have had to pay an extra couple of bucks here. And I and I actually contacted Sony about it because I wanted to talk to them and 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 you know bring it up on the podcast. I mentioned something and then they immediately ended the the chat. So that's my goodness. Yeah. So go figure. But anyway if you go to the store.playstation.com in a web browser, it still says subscribe to PlayStation Plus Premium to play a one-hour full game trial. It still wow. says one hour. Right now, August 28th, 2022. It still says one-hour free game trial. Full game trial, excuse me. But on the store, wow. unless they changed it because it looked kind of ridiculous, which it did, on the store, I remember going to the store, checking it out, and it said, <laughs> subscribe to PlayStation Plus Premium for a .58333333 full game, hour, full game trial. Why couldn't they just say 35 minutes? I don't know. 
it's just uh, it's just this really this whole situation has some stink on it to me it does and and the game's awesome that's that's the worst part it's such a good game and it and just just buy it if if you're interested in tony hawk at all if you like high octane high fast-paced games just don't even give sony that extra dollar for the demo just just buy the game just just buy roller drum yeah i agree i'm thinking about buying it myself now i'm not even going to bother with the demo and based on what you've said, it sounds like it's going to be an amazing experience. But yeah. back to just to close this out, if you will. But yeah, it, it may seem like a small thing, too. But I feel like on this podcast, at least since we've been running, there's a lot of little things adding up here for Sony right. that, are, that just stinks. Right. Compared to the PlayStation 4 era where they were super always pro-consumer, it, feel, it felt like. Whereas right. now, you know, I go back and I always bring this up. That us paying that extra $10 for Horizon Zero Dawn, I'll never forget it for the rest of my life. But us paying $70 for the PS5 version when the PS4 version was $10 less, don't even get me started on it. You knew I had to bring it up. I oh, get, I, I can't even handle it. For you know, those little of things you, like that, are, they're starting let, to add up. Let's, let's bring them in. For those, for, for those of you that don't know, you could buy the $60 version of Horizon Forbidden West and then upgrade for free to the PS5 version. All you had to do was go on the PS4 PlayStation Store, buy it, Upgrade it for free. What? Or, Anthony, what? or you could be like me and you, spend the extra $10 for the PS5 version. Yeah, and just not, to support Sony. Not even bother such with a little, the free... <laughs> you know, they're a little upcoming. <laughs> <laughs> not even bother with the free upgrade. Why would we bother oh, with it? Because we already have it. Oh, like, my God. Yeah, so the little things are starting to pile up here for I Sony. Agree. Very anti-consumer. So I agree. I'm glad you brought this PSA out there, though, because it needed to be said. I'm, I'm glad you brought this up. This is really interesting. I can't believe that this actually... Uh, happened that, that's crazy again it's not the 25 minutes 35 minutes is plenty of time to know whether or not you like the game i'm just gonna sit here and tell you watch some gameplay instead if you don't already have premium if you already have premium fine it's not about the the time it is about the principle of it it really is it's it's just the principle of it the false advertising it's not a good look a lot of little things are adding up like Vinny said but uh, that is plenty for me to talk about on this topic Vinny do you have anything else on this no man I'm glad you brought it up though then then let's go ahead and move on so our next topic is related to our giveaway that we did episode 10 ten dollar PlayStation store card we are not going to do it for 15 but we are going to do it for 20 that's right episode 20 we will be giving away a $20 PlayStation Store gift card. 20 for 20. The only rule, and we will get into this later, but the only rule that I have is the same person can't win it again. So, having said that, the winner of our $10 PlayStation Store gift card that was given away for episode 10 is, and I apologize for the mispronunciation, Peter Odui. Peter and I had a pretty nice correspondence, and uh, he mentioned to me that he listened to our PS5 podcast and enjoyed it because he just got a PS5, and, you know, it was it was really nice to hear about his experience. That's awesome, and he, he's going to try some of the games we mentioned, but more importantly, I asked him, I said, Peter, what did you buy with the $10 PlayStation gift card courtesy of PS Blue? And he let me know he got Horizon Zero Dawn. He also mentioned that he got the Horizon Forbidden West PS5 bundle from Target, and he wanted to try the first game, so I told him he wouldn't be disappointed. He said it 
he admittedly dismissed it in the past because he thought it looked a little cringe, but was wrong. I understand the sentiment. It is, I don't know if cringe is the right word, but but I understand what he's saying. It, it, it's Horizon is a, is a little bit, you have to suspend your disbelief when you're playing Horizon. I will say that. So, Peter, really happy that uh, you're enjoying the podcast. Don't forget to check out our backlog because there's, there's some little PS5 nuggets in there if, if you want to go down the rabbit hole but thank you again i really appreciate it and uh enjoy horizon zero dawn it's a great game and i highly recommend playing that before playing forbidden west i think that is the correct approach there is a lot of story heavy uh things happening in forbidden west and and it would behoove you to play the first game i would say Vinny, any comments on this I'm in agreement. It was a good choice. Horizon for or Horizon Forbidden West. Zero Dawn's a really good game. So you didn't make the uh, the wrong choice there. We thank you for listening, Peter. Appreciate the support. Okay, great. Moving along. So, like we just mentioned, people are starting to get their hands on the PS5. It's becoming a little bit more accessible of a console. However, this is like not a very good look for Sony. I know we talked about some other negative things happening surrounding Sony, but they're starting to raise the price on the PlayStation 5. So I'm reading an article courtesy of Polygon.com, and they sort of break down all the price increases, but this console's going up. And I also need to say, uh, Peter actually, the the one that won the giveaway, he actually gave me this uh, talk talking point. So... Uh, you know, right in because we will use your talking points. I had no idea this was happening until he uh, made me aware of it. So sort of related, but anyway, the prices are going up everywhere, but not the U.S. yet, as of yet, which I would argue is one of their bigger markets. So this is this whole thing is just sort of bizarre. But off of the article, you know, we can see that it went up 50 euros in Europe, it went up 30 pounds in the UK, it went up all over the place, Japan, China, prices went up, it's uh, Australia, 50 Australian dollars, price increase, all from launch price, of course, and it's both additions, the digital and the uh, Blu-ray, they both went up the same amount across the board, it went up in Mexico, a thousand pesos, in Canada, it went up another 20 Canadian dollars, what I don't I don't know why I understand why this is happening because there's a chip shortage obviously there is a uh you know it's 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 harder to access the it's harder to meet the demand for the required parts to make these consoles so in order to compensate for what I'm sure is a premium that Sony is paying they have to bump up the price of their console so they still turn a profit. Now, my argument here is why not just sell it at a loss like they did with the PlayStation 3? You know what I mean? I, I mean, I get, I get that they need to turn a profit at some point, but as, as we know, we've been playing video games for 20 plus years. You make money on software sales, not on hardware sales. I mean, sometimes you, you know, have a little bit of a profit margin on the, on the consoles, but, but really just, I mean, in my opinion, Sony needs to kind of just eat it 
And, and maybe that's a naive interpretation of it. Maybe I don't understand the inner workings of what's happening with, with, like I said, this is speculation, but I'm sure their parts are going up for the, for the, they're, 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 uh, you know, cost to produce the console has increased significantly in my opinion. It, it just, you know, if I had to guess and, and that's based on so many factors that all started back from COVID. So Vinny, talk, talk me through this. This is a bizarre topic. I just think the timing of it is a, is a little bizarre to me because people are finally getting their hands on PS5s and then you're going to bump the price up. Why? Yeah, really weird, especially this far into the console's cycle, if you will. Two years ago, the console came out, and now we're seeing a price hike like this. It's just unprecedented. It's something that we've never obviously seen before. And I said this earlier, and we talked about this earlier. It's kind of these little, you know, again, these little kind of negative anti-consumer moves that Sony has been doing that are starting to add up. And this is just another one. You know, it's... It really is bizarre because I'm right with you. I think the smart move, now I'm not going to act like I'm there internally at Sony, obviously, but the smart move to me would be to just eat the cost because it's really, it doesn't come across in a good way to the consumers when you're increasing for the first time ever of a console of this, you know, stature, if you will, raising the price, especially two, two years down the road, I mean, the PS5 Pro has got to be coming out soon, you would think, in the next two right. years. So my mind's kind of going there as well. What is the cost of that going to be globally? I have no clue. And like you said, I have no doubt that, you know, the the price to, to produce these consoles is just probably really going through the roof, so to speak. It's It's definitely increasing. Obviously, it is talked about global inflation rates being really bad right now, but this can't be the first time that Sony or these bigger companies have experienced this level of inflation, you know, and and we've never seen these consoles go up in price, you know, and I, and I know it's not happening in the United States. So it's just really, really a weird situation. I've never seen anything like this. I'm trying to make sense of it myself, to be honest with you. It says here that the, you know, the inflation rates in the U.S. aren't as bad. I guess apparently that's why we're not seeing the price hikes. Uh, I was going to ask. Yeah. 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 It's It says that it's just because of the currency trends in, in some of the, not some of these other countries, in pretty much every other country. It's right. just getting, it's reaching a point where it seems like they're just, like you said, though, you, you earn money off of software. That's a known thing. Right. Uh, you know, that's just been the way that it's been forever. And then on top of it, you have so I'm sorry, you have Microsoft coming out now, uh, Nintendo coming out within the last week, all of which are saying we're not increasing prices because they were asked. So the Sony's the only one doing this. It's, I don't know, man, it's kind of rubbing me the wrong way. It's really just does not come across, uh, you know, uh, very good for Sony from a branding standpoint. It just doesn't, like I said, these little things are starting to add up and it's, and it's making Sony look bad. It just is. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And I have a quote to add a little bit more context. This is, uh, from Sony from a blog post. They say, quote, the global economic environment is a challenge that many of you around the world are no doubt experiencing. 
We're seeing high global inflation rates as well as adverse currency trends impacting consumers and creating pressure on many industries. End quote. Now, that's all fine and dandy. And that's pretty much just reiterating what, uh, you know, you, you already said. But it, it, it's not a good look. You're absolutely right. You're, you're competing. Again, I want to go back to this uh, place, new PlayStation Plus, right? Because when you see PlayStation Plus modify their entire delivery system like the way that Sony just did, you can very clearly deduce that they are trying to compete with Microsoft still. You know what I mean? They That is an indicator, a, a huge indicator, that they want market share from Microsoft. Or they wouldn't go, you know, tit for tat with them, so to speak. They, they want to compete with Microsoft. Now, having established this, that Sony is still trying to compete with Microsoft, they're in the same space, obviously, but I'm saying they're still direct competitors. Microsoft is getting a huge upper hand here because they did not do this, okay? And and we are seeing a global renaissance for Microsoft. They are starting to get market share globally in countries that they never had the sales volume that they're experiencing now before. So, you know, PS5 might still be doing fine fine right now but microsoft is trending up and sony is unfortunately trending down and it's you know it's it's hard to see an excuse like this talking about inflation when you know consumers are being impacted by inflation so that yeah that sucks you're making it worse on them i understand this is a sort of a luxury console i understand that this is not a necessity for life, but you're making it harder on people by raising raising the uh, barrier of entry to, to buy a PS5. It's already hard enough to get your hands on one. Now you got to shell out more money. And, and, you know, like I said, it's it's becoming a little bit more available. That's why this is, it, it seems opportunistic. Maybe it's not. Maybe maybe this has been sort of in the works for, for a while. But, but when you have a console that is getting more sales volume and at the exact same time the price increases that is super suspicious to me i don't know maybe it's a coincidence but i don't think there's much in business that is a, uh, this much of a coincidence you know what i mean I, I i i don't see it as a coincidence i should say yeah i completely agree man I, I, it, this just rubs me the wrong way. It just kind of stinks. Like, like, like we've been saying with a lot of things that Sony's been doing, this just kind of reminds me of PS3 era Sony, so to speak, like a move that they would have made, you know, when, when they were struggling. And so, you know, it, it's just mind boggling to me that nobody else is raising their price. Uh, I know that Microsoft obviously has a lot more money than Sony, clearly, uh, right, they can ride so it out does, financially. Yeah, and and Nintendo to a certain extent I'm sure has, you know, flexibility there as well because you know, th- these consoles are selling like hotcakes. I mean, it Yeah. It's just mind-boggling. I I I don't know, man. It's it's just super anti-consumer. Like you said, yeah, it's it's unlike um, most industries we would see this happen, you know, if if costs go up, well, then the consumer's cost is going to go up usually. 
Usually we would see that, but right. we've just never seen it in this industry before, you know, right, not correct. with the console market. So just really weird. Uh, and especially, like you said, the big thing for me is the profits are turned from the software, not the hardware. So that's very mind boggling to me. So very anti-consumer, not, not, not good. Sony, not good. Sony. You know, you know what this says? It, it, it says that they're in trouble. You know, financially speaking, I think you're right. Microsoft can can sort of ride the wave, but this is hurting Sony very clearly. This is this is impacting them. This uh, inflation and, and increased cost of production of their consoles, and and that sucks. You know, there's no way there's no way around it. That definitely does suck. But it's just weird timing. Like I said, yeah. and, I, I don't want to spend. Yeah, ahead, no, just ahead, to wrap it up, I'm sorry. Their their thought process is probably, well, let's just raise the cost. These things are going to sell anyways. We're going to sell them. Like, they're selling like hotcakes. You know, what's a $50 price hike, right? But that's just a slippery slope to go down. You, sure. You, you know, that's just, it's sure. very, ah, yeah. I agree, man. I think we both think this uh, this just reeks. It's, it's not good. Not yeah. a good look. I mean, here's the thing. If I if I had to pay fifty dollars to secure a console and it was an extra fifty dollars to secure a console and they threw in a fifty dollar PlayStation store card, which they could definitely do, by the way, that that they could, you know, they could sort of move the funds around to, to make that work in their favor, then that would be a more consumer friendly move. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, like they, 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 sh- in my opinion, and again, you know, we're, we're not obviously insiders in this industry. So we're, we're sort of speculating the both of us, but, but I just think that would be a more consumer friendly look, even if they give you $25 of a rebate, even if they said here, you can lock up a console for an extra 50 bucks because demand is sky high. But if you give us, if you give us 50 bucks right now, you got, you got a console coming in three weeks. Okay. And if you do that, you pay that extra 50 bucks, we'll give you a $25 PlayStation card because they're already bundling games and stuff like that. And they're already giving away games in, in PlayStation Extra and, and, and they, they have no problem giving, giving stuff away like that. So why not do something like that? Make an attempt for the consumer, okay? Because when you just raise prices and say, we're going to raise prices, inflation, sorry, it's just not a good look. It's just not. I mean, do you, do you, do you, do you disagree that that might have been a, a better way to approach it? Say, here's fifty dollars. We know it's hard. I mean, we know it's hard to get one. If you give us, if you throw us an extra fifty for production costs, we'll get you a console faster. Is, yeah, is that is that a ridiculous sort of? I don't think idea? so. It's, it's probably it's a better solution than this. I would definitely agree with that. You know, it's it's kind of a. I, I think I would probably do the same thing. You know, I would probably yeah. pay the extra $50 to get it there quicker and make sure that I'm going to get it. Or, you know, that sort of thing. That's actually a very good creative solution. That's actually, that's right. really, I'm very impressed, Anthony, that you should be working there at Sony. <laughs> Bunch of morons over there not thinking of this. <laughs> again, again, this is all speculative. We're, we're not in, in there in the trenches with Sony, but, you know, we can only offer our, our opinion on, on the PS Blue podcast and, and hopefully 
you can take that for what it is. Moving along. Dead Island 2. What? What? What did I just say? Dead Island 2? I thought that game was dead. Well, you're absolutely wrong. Dead Island 2 is very much coming. This game is, excuse the pun, back from the dead. Dead Island 2. We got a new trailer at Gamescom 2022. And I must say, I don't know anything about the gameplay for Dead Island 2, but I do know this. Whoever's working on these trailers needs to like direct a short film or something because they are just crushing it. The original Dead Island 2 trailer was so good. Remember it had that whole... Uh, the guy jogging yep. on, so it looked cool. like Venice Beach or something, and then and then it, it opens up, and it, it was just great. It was a very memorable trailer. It got, it got like, memed and stuff, and people made copies of it, and this one's great, too. So, the trailer got me, gets me excited. I don't know if the game's going to be good, but it, it's sure promising after seeing, you know, the heart and soul that they're they're putting into this game. I, I, I uh... I want to toss it over to you, though, Vinny. What 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 do you think uh, about Dead Island Two? Dude, I was I was pleasantly surprised by this announcement. I had no interest in really the first Dead Island. I think I may have. Did we play the original Dead Island? Or no, that was um, that was Dying Light that we had played. I believe. Yeah, that was Dead Dying Island. Light. Yeah. So right. I guess I don't really have any experience in the Dead Island universe. Now I know it was very well received. It was kind of early in that co-op zombie shooter sort of movement that we experienced, you know, when the original Dead Island came out, you know, I'm thinking that was like 2010-ish, right around there, so not a whole lot of co-op, you know, shooters going on at that time frame, that was kind of when they were ushering in uh, the zombie movement, if you will, but this looks awesome, this looks really good, it's a little weird for me that the game is 8-player co-op, I feel like we don't see a lot of 8-player co-op games you know, and so that's a little really? bit jarring to me. Yeah, I actually I looked that. it up online. I wanted to confirm that it had co-op, and it has eight-player co-op. So wow. that's pretty cool. I mean, you know, if you have seven friends, I'm sure you can have an absolute blast playing this game uh, at the very least. But it looks awesome. It looks really good. I'm actually very impressed. A little bit of a red flag that it's taken this long. But now that we've actually, and I'm glad that it's a gameplay trailer, not some cinematic again. I think that was the right way to do it, was to show gameplay, you know, and it's coming out very soon. So that also took me a little off guard February. Yeah, so the trailer that I was referencing, just for, just to clarify, I was referencing the cinematic one that I thought was really okay. cool. I Yeah, yeah. I saw mm -hmm. some gameplay, but... I'm actually going to do some digging on that because I don't think I, I didn't even realize there was an extended look at the gameplay. So, so, so yeah. stall, stall for a bit. Talk, talk, yeah, talk. No, let me, let no, me catch myself fine. up here. Yeah, no, not a problem at all because they release both back to back on the same day. So they did the CGI trailer and then they did the gameplay trailer. I'm telling you, man, go watch this gameplay trailer. It looks really, really good. Like graphically looks really impressive. It looks like, a, I hate saying the word next-gen, but, it, you know, I'm sure it's going to run on PS4, but it looks like it's running really well. There's actually really interesting, like, a, a really interesting art design here. Like, I think it looks really cool. I love this. I think it's taking place, I'm guessing this is, like, California? 
I'm assuming that's where this is taking place, somewhere on the beach. I don't know. It might be Miami. I have no clue. But it I love like it. Venice it has the beach. palm trees. Yeah, Venice, something like that. It, it, yeah, and it looks really cool. Oh, like, it's I, literally. I, I love this. Let me. Can I interject for a second? It's literally yeah. Venice Beach. It's in it the is. first okay. 20 seconds yeah. you see Venice Boardwalk. It's, yeah, it's okay. literally Venice okay. Beach. Okay. Yeah. Which is an awesome area for a game like this. Yeah. I think it looks really creative. The art design looks awesome. It looks, for some reason, man, Dying Light 2 just looked kind of blah to me. Like, like the me videos too. that I've at least seen, it looked kind of like just another zombie game. You know, nothing right. really, you know, nothing really kind of stood out to me. This looks like it has quirky characters. It looks like it has a really interesting art style. It looks like it's actually fun to play. You know, a lot of interesting, like... I think that the original Dead Island was known for that to just give you kind of like this tool set and kind of set you off and, you know, go have, right. go have a blast. This looks like more of that. This looks awesome. I think this looks like a lot of fun. Did you get, did you get the chance to pull up the trailer? Are you watching it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm think? watching it now. It's it. I, I agree. The gameplay looks pretty good. It looks like it's near complete, honestly, based on what we're seeing here. But uh, I'm going to take a little bit more of a cynical approach. I don't know that we need this. I mm. don't know that we need more zombies. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I'm glad they finished what they started. I will say that. I hate when a game gets announced and hype gets built around it and then it gets canceled. That's always a bummer. That's always a bummer. But this is such a saturated market at this point. Uh, these zombie you know, shoot 'em ups if you want to call it that. Uh, is it the same publisher as Dying Light 2? Because I know, I know Techland made Dying Light and the original Dead Island. Did they not? I think they did, actually. Now excuse, that the, excuse the yeah. clicking. I'm, I'm looking it up right now. I'm trying to figure this out <laughs> because I know that they're related. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah. I know that they're related. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's some sort of relationship there. I don't know if it was like developers forming a new studio and creating, you know, making right. dying light. I'm not 100% certain on the, you know, specifics there regarding well, making one thing, the game. Uh, yeah, one thing yeah. I did know is that Deep Silver, you know, the the publisher that publishes the Saints Row games, they, they've published these games. All of them. Yeah. The Dying Lights, the Dead Islands, they, they, they publish those games. So that I did know. It seems like it's Dam Buster Studios. Deep Silver Dam Buster Studios. So it's a new studio. Good. So they took it away from, from Techland, I guess. And Techland worked on, obviously, Dying Light 2. Yeah. I'm so, glad it's a new studio, to be honest with you. Give somebody an opportunity to you know have some fun with a, a franchise that kind of needed some new life in it. So that's funny that, that, you're, that you're saying that we don't need this right now. I would be inclined to agree with you. I think when I watched the, uh, what's the other game called? Now I'm mixing up the two games. Dying Light 2 trailer. I think when I watched Dying Light 2 and when that was coming out, I looked at that and said, we don't need this right now. This looks like stereotypical zombie, you know, affairs. This actually looks right. like fun. This looks like fun to me. This, you know, right. maybe it's because I haven't played a zombie game in a long time. I skipped on Back for Blood. Another game, Back for Blood. It just kind of looked like the rinse and repeat, you know, nothing really special. This looks like a lot of fun. I'm curious to see what the, what our audience thinks about this game because I could see. I I just think this looks really good. Uh, just one one quick correction. Uh, Deep Silver actually did not publish 
uh, Dying Light and mm. Dying Light 2. They were pu- they were published by Techland themselves. Just a quick quick correction there. They they published Dead Island Riptide though, so there's a relationship there. <laughs> just You're a quick close. correction. Yeah, <laughs> they're just they're just you know they're very very related games and they get compared to each other a lot and there there's some there's history between these two ips and they almost seem to go together i don't know you can write in if you're if you're a fan of these like a like a mega fan of 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 this this ip but i'm not sure myself and i'm too lazy to do any more research right now (laughs) because we're we're nearing the end of of the podcast but i don't know maybe you know this many is this the same universe, Dying Light and Dead Island? Are they in the same? No, no I didn't think no, so. I don't, I don't I, think I, so. Okay, no. okay. So, so you know straight up that that they're not. Yeah. Okay. They they're just too, and that's where my skepticism is. It's too much of the same thing to me. I get I get Dying Light's more parkour, Dead Island's more open world, beat 'em up. You know, there's a lot more melee focus in uh, Dead Island, but. It's it's uh even you were when 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 you were talking you were getting the two games mixed up it's it's just I don't know that we need it and I hope they prove me wrong I really hope they prove me wrong but so, this is definitely I don't I don't think I'm gonna pick this one up I really so don't you, you feel the same about this as when we watched the Saints Row game last week when we talked about that right I'm assuming you have that same feeling of you know do we really need this this isn't really right. warranted at this time kind of that yeah. same feeling interesting. I have different yeah. feelings on both. That's that's interesting. I'm curious to see yeah. what the people say about this one. Yeah, it's uh you know, we're we're gonna have to see some game some more gameplay, like an extended look on the gameplay. It's uh again, the, the my number one takeaway here is thank God this game didn't get cancelled. Because I hate seeing that. I hate seeing games get you know, one trailer comes out, there's this huge amount of hype surrounding it, and then it gets cancelled. It's always a bummer. I don't care. I don't care if I'm going to play the game or not. It's just like, it just sucks because there's, there's, you know, teams of sometimes hundreds of people working on this thing that gets ultimately scrapped and, and thrown away. And that's years of someone of, of, of multiple people's lives that we're talking about. That's such a bummer. You know what I mean? Could you imagine working on something for three, four, five years and then finding out that, sorry, this game's not coming out. That would that would really really suck. Um, yeah. Heartbreaking, you know. So, and, and I understand that this is obviously a lot different than it would have been, but but it's still Dead Island Two, and the the original team that worked on it. I'm sure some of their influence is still in the game. So that's great to see. I love to see that. And this is for me. This is one of those games that I would definitely check out when it hit like the $20 price range. I would definitely get it. I would definitely get this over Dying Light 2. I have no interest in Dying Light 2 to be honest with you. Even though it's supposed to be good. Yeah. Yeah. But I think if whatever. Yeah. Yeah. To close it out, I mean, I I think this is this will probably be worth it if you're going to play with friends. If I had to guess, mm-hmm. this will be worth that price point. This looks like there's a lot here uh, and it yeah. took so long to make. I'll be interested to see what like if there's sequences where you could tell like a lot of times that'll happen when these games have really long development cycles where you could tell 
certain sequences were probably made eight years ago. My mind goes to Kingdom Hearts 3, so that's that's immediately where my heart goes to. <laughs> or you could just tell that some of the sequences were just not, you know, they were definitely made a long time ago. So right. I'm interested to see what this one turns out being. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would imagine, if I had to speculate, I would say they probably scrapped it all several times and went back to yeah. the drawing board. But the influence of the original team is more than likely still there. Okay, moving along. Vinny, I wanted to talk about Yakuza Like a Dragon because I downloaded it the second it became free for PlayStation Extra, or Essential, too. It's the free game of the month. And... I played it for about an hour. I said, this game's good. I, I'm really enjoying it. And then before I knew it, I was like five hours in. And I was like, wow, this is, yeah, this is a really good game. And then one thing led to another and I was 30 hours in. And I'm like, holy shit, this game is amazing. Yakuza Like a Dragon is unbelievably good. So as we discussed last time i've i've tried to play the other yakuza games they are very high production value very you know very critically well received commercially well received but none of them ever really stuck with me until yakuza like a dragon and i think it's the fact that they took a step back and changed everything they changed the main character they changed the core gameplay elements they gave you this whole party system and without spoiling anything, I will say this. Your your character, Ichiban, uh, he he's the main character. He essentially fabricates this world in his head where your friends along the way and the enemies you fight along the way are all part of this... Uh, he, he's like a huge fan of Dragon Quest, right? The original... Dragon Quest. It was one of the very first JRPGs ever. And he creates this fictionalized version of the world through that lens. And he talks about his party all the time and how he's like leveling up and he just, he makes references to it. And then that is manifested in the gameplay. It's really a really, really clever way to deliver this JRPG uh, gameplay style in a very dark and twisted story and, and, and really dark world of, of Yakuza. So the game is, that's, that's number one. It's just so creative in that, in that way. But the story is so, is it's paced so well. And I talk about pacing a lot. I know I do. But it's by far the most important thing for me when it comes to movies, when it comes to TV shows, when it comes to video games. You have to have a good pace. And this game has that. It is paced so well that you once you pick it up, you really can't put it down. Okay? And, and you can do all of the main quest things with a little bit of grinding. But the grinding never felt tedious because they give you a good they, they give you good good a good way to grind let's just put it that way without because i don't want to spoil anything but but this is definitely a game that is the more you play the more you realize the story is sincere because it starts off and you're like okay this is a ridiculous story 
nothing about this is you know there's there's obviously dramatic moments in the beginning and it, and there's a lot of setup going on in the beginning but you don't see the game as this dramatic heartfelt story at least i didn't until you really start to peel back the layers of the onion and this game it really it, it is so absurd but it is so grounded at the same time and i'm talking again about the story that it it just it just presses you along the entire time like i i i can't i'm glowing about the story i know i am but it's it's really that good it's not and it's ridiculous it's as absurd as it is is as dramatic as it is and it's and i don't mean this in a bad way it's almost like a soap opera um it's very over the top very dramatic, very filled with twists and turns that are very, very, very big, let's say. But it works. It works. And not to mention the gameplay. The gameplay is so fun. It is so fresh. And it it's maybe a, a hair repetitive, but... You can press along and 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 really, you know, the enemy types are so varied and they have a, a system where you can switch out the classes of your characters. Although I found out that I, I liked the default classes for almost every character. Um, and then there's a there's in addition to this, there's also side activities that help you along in the main game. For example, there is a business management sim that is that I accidentally got addicted to and played for like five plus hours. No, no, I'll be, I'll be honest. I probably played the business sim portion of the game for like 10 hours, but wow. as, as you progress in that, you actually gain a new ally in your party just from playing that. And you also gain new abilities to fight with that are, they're not OP. Well, one of them's pretty OP actually, but they're, uh, they they just they're really good abilities that you can take with your character, um, and then in addition to that, you can you can gain money, but it's never like a ridiculous amount of money that breaks the game and makes everything f like pretty much free. It's it's just the right amount. The balance in this game is so good. It's it's just just the thought, the level of detail, everything that this game throws at you is done concisely and very expertly i don't think the game screams next gen the graphics are fine that would be maybe my only gripe with it the the judgment games judgment and particularly lost judgment which i've i've dived into that series after beating yakuza those games i think graphically hold up a little bit better but as far as gameplay like i'm, I'm watching uh a clip of this game right now just to sort of help me along while I talk about it and it just makes me want to go back and play this game like I, it's 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 really that good it's it was so surprising to me and I knew it was good I knew it was like well received but I was not expecting to love it as much as I do wow sounds like I mean, I'm I'm it's funny I'm not surprised that you liked it so much I haven't played this game yet so my experience okay. with it is is nothing. I have not played it. So I'm glad that you kind of went in depth there because this looks like a game that I know I would love. I just ha I just haven't had the time to put into it. Like I I, right. I know that I'm gonna want to 
you know, set aside a good amount of time. It's, it sounds like it takes, what, 30-plus hours to kind of beat the game probably through. And I'm looking for that time. It looks amazing. And all I've heard are great things about this game. It kind of right. – every time I watch, watch this game now, I can't get over it. It just reminds me of what – it reminds me of Shenmue, but yeah. the good parts of Shenmue. <laughs> you know? Like the, the charm I was about to that say we that. talked I mean, about. Yeah, it this does. is like it reminds yeah. me of like in yeah. uh, like where Shenmue would be today. You know, like right, exactly. it kept building off of it. Like right. that's, that's exactly just, Oh my what god, I'm so happy you said like. that. Yeah, it looks exactly And I meant like to say that. I, I literally yeah. meant to say that because that's exactly what it is. It is it's a different studio, obviously, but it is a build off. and and that's why Shenmue is so important. I don't know if you have this game without Shenmue. You know what I mean? And and let me just say this really quickly. As cringy as the English dub is for Shenmue is as good as it is for Yakuza Like a Dragon. You do not see English dub this good. It is it's really good. And and I sometimes I'll I'll put it in in you know the original language a game if if I feel like the dub is completely garbage and that goes for uh more than just video games. That goes for for uh you know movies and TV shows but but this game is was specifically noted as having a really strong English voice cast, and it does. It's really good. Just to let you know, just a quick. I forgot to throw that in there. But go ahead. What were you saying? I'm glad you brought that up too, because a lot of times we'll play games like this, and it's just trash. Uh, I'll find myself. Um, I'm trying to think of a game where, I mean, it's been a total nightmare, but we've all been there where we have experiences where the dubs are terrible. So Shenmue. <laughs> yeah. Shenmue. Yes. <laughs> there you okay. Go. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> exactly. Shenmue. No, man, this looks like I like, I keep bringing up Shenmue, but it does look like the next iteration of games that I personally loved. It, like, it looks like a PS2 game that I would right. lo- like, I, like I'm trying to think right. it, it almost brings me back to that warm and cozy feeling of playing a PS2 game, you know, when I was younger and, and it looks fun. Like I could tell that the writing is over the top, which I love, you know, I have have one other thing that I I forgot to mention. I played probably 70% of my playing session. I played on remote play. Oh, wow. Yeah. So let that sink in for a little bit because it's, the game is turn-based this is the perfect game to take with you. I can, pl- I, I could play it. Let's be honest with ourselves. While I was in the bathroom, I could <laughs> on my phone. There. I could, <laughs> but I, I, I mean, that's not the majority of the time I spent playing the game. The more, the majority of the time I was just like laying in bed, and it's, it's really one of those like relaxing games. And it was kind of like Elden Ring, and I know I've, I've brought this up before, but I went into it. I didn't expect to beat it or anything, but before I knew it, I was at the ending. I didn't, I didn't plan to play it for 30 hours. You know what I mean? It's, and it really serves, uh, I've said this about other games in the past. I think I said this about roller drome in my review of that, but it serves both playing styles, the long extended gameplay sessions, but you could jump into this game for 20 minutes, play a couple fights, you know, level up your character and then turn it off that, that, and that's, that's, that's why, I stuck with the game because it was so uh, good for that. I, I could play it as a as a I, I've mentioned this term before, but I could play it as a bedtime story for 20 minutes before I go to bed or an hour before I go to bed. But I could also sit on my couch, put on you know 
put it on my PS5 on my big TV and, and play it that way. It serves both both playing styles and the story presses you presses you along and you fall in love with the characters and it's just it everything it does it does well. And that's that for me that's why I think it would be a good game for you to play because you could take it with you on your phone, you could you could, you know, I don't know if you do remote play but you know, it it serves that function because it's it's turn-based you know and and there's some quick time event e things that happen in the combat but it just sort of maximizes your damage output or like you can defend if you perfectly defend something it'll but but you could the core experience is the same and you could still try and hit those quick times but it's not going to be as easy obviously if you're streaming it but the, the no loading screens is such a big deal in a game like this because that's Part of the reason, part of the draw against JRPGs is, for me at least, is let's say we go back to the PS2 era. You have a game where every time you walk six feet, you're in a dungeon, let's say. You have to go through one or two seconds of a loading screen to switch from exploration mode to combat mode. And that wears on you. At least it does for me. And this game, you don't have that problem. There's like, you know, it's on the PS5, so you're instantly in in the boss, in the combat fight. The combat fight. Wow. What a what a what an elegant way of describing you're instantly in the combat. You know what I'm saying? So yes. it, it's it's a that I think cannot be understated. The the power of playing it on the PS five. The power of playing it on a PS five. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. Playing it on the PS five where you can jump in and out very quickly, it's it's awesome. So that's about all I have to say on Yakuza without spoiling anything. Uh, does that does that sound appealing to you, Vinny? That portability factor, the playing it on the go, the, the short playing sessions. Have I convinced yeah. you to play this game yet? Yeah, this is certainly a unique game where I could see myself actually using remote play. You know, like you said, right. the, the, the turn-based combat allows for that to be, you know, acceptable for a game like this. Now, me, I'm very right. picky about, you know, I'm the frame rate guy, the performance guy, if you will. This is the type of game that I could see myself on my on my backbone one. Isn't that what it was called? Backbone one. Yeah. On yeah, the, the toilet. One. You know, I'm just gonna say it too. <laughs> on the toilet playing this game. It looks nice. I'm I'm I have the game downloaded, funny enough. I downloaded it I wanna say a few weeks ago when it was free. Uh and I just haven't gone into it. So um it's only a matter of time. The clock is ticking. I'll be I'll be hopping into this one for sure because it looks awesome. It really does yeah. look good. So I'm I'm uh I'm eagerly you know, uh, gonna hop in there when when I have the time, and it's it's so. laugh out loud funny at points, like it really is. Like, I'll give you one example. When you summon, uh, like a summon, you have to call you call in a friend, and Ichiban holds his finger up into the air, and like his finger glows with like a blue light, and he just like dials all the numbers on his phone. <laughs> It's so funny. <laughs> it's just like little God. little nuggets like that yes. over and over again. The charm to this game is endless. Damn, I might re-download this game and try and platinum it. I, I'm I'm watching gameplay and it's just making me want to play it even more. Ugh. <laughs> and 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 what better excuse to play my PlayStation 5 than the Dual Sense Edge? You like that segue? This is our next topic. Uh, Sony, on their PlayStation YouTube account, 
uploaded a video, a little video about the DualSense Edge. This is the quote-unquote pro controller for the PlayStation 5. Uh, it has a million different features, and I'm going to open a tab and tell you guys some of them right now. Give me a second. I'll probably edit this out, but maybe not. Maybe I'll forget about it. Maybe I'll be lazy. Okay. Here we go. This is from PlayStation.com. We have the DualSense Edge with ultra-customizable controls, mappable back buttons, changeable stick caps, adjustable trigger lengths, replaceable stick modules, and a USB braided cable with lockable connector housing. So, you know, this is a, it's a very customizable controller. That's sort of what they're pitching here. You can remove certain elements and add certain elements. The, the removable stick is uh, stick modules. That's a big deal because there was a complaint about stick drift on the PS5. So you could just pop that module off and put a new one on instead of replacing the whole controller. But this is to compete with the Xbox, what's it called, Vinny, the Elite controller? Yeah, the Elite controller. Yep. Yeah, so so it's in that same market. I don't know too too much about this uh, high-end controller market. I think Vinny, he plays more competitive games than I do, so he's probably going to be able to speak on this more. But, you know, we got remappable buttons, tunable triggers and sticks, changeable stick caps, back buttons, and more. This has all the bells and whistles, and, you know, Vinny, talk to me about it, because... This yeah. this really isn't for me, so. Really, I'm surprised. Well, I guess I suppose yeah. this is probably for more of a multiplayer centric player or gamer. Uh, I do actually have an elite controller. I have the second one that came out a few years ago. My guess, this is probably going to be between one hundred and seventy five to two hundred dollars. They're probably <laughs> going to charge about two hundred dollars for this controller. <laughs> and you laugh now. I'm telling you, that's that's what that's it's going to be. Freaking insane. Yeah. I would be stunned if it's one fifty or less or less than oh one fifty, I should say. God. Um given the controller itself is already seventy. I think uh my Elite Pro controller was right around one seventy five, something like that, maybe one fifty. Anyways, I guess we won't talk price right now. I'm glad that they're doing this. I think this was the right move. Microsoft seems like they're killing it with their elite controllers. It's at least a good, you know, it's good to offer, you know, gamers this option, if that makes any sense. A lot of gamers prefer those back buttons. I use those all the time on my pro controller for particularly multiplayer shooters and and things like that. It's awesome to have. I think I am going to pick one of these up. I will say this. I don't know if you noticed, behind the R2 and the L2 buttons on the Edge controller, there are these three little notches, which is how you select uh, at what point the R2 button registers, right? So there's the middle option, the the low option, and then the high option. At least that's how it works on the Elite controller. Now, my question is, I don't know how that's going to affect the haptic feedback on the controller. I don't know if... I'm assuming these are going to offer haptic feedback... That was my next but question. That's where that's what I'm trying to figure out right now is if this is going to have haptic feedback or not, or an option just to say, "Hey, I want the, you know, I want the standard haptic feedback mode, not this." Yeah, uh, I mean, they so claim I'm to have. Yeah. They claim to have all the features of the Dual Sense. Okay, okay. That was so like it's a probably point that they made. Yeah, yeah, there's probably an option to ca- to cancel that stuff out. I'm guessing or whatever it is. Uh, that's 
that was one of the questions I had, but I'm glad that, yeah, it does actually have it. Yeah, I see exactly what you're talking about now. Well, that's good. Yeah. I'm glad that they're offering it. It looks cool, I guess. I don't know if I like the colors so much, the, the white and black. Think, I don't know if I'm like yeah, a huge I, fan I, of the I, look of it. I uh, feel like they should have done something a little bit more extravagant cool. with, the, I with agree. The, the way that they present it. Because the Xbox Elite controller, that looks like something that you want that looks like if somebody has that you're envious of that controller i don't it just looks like a regular playstation controller. yeah yeah now that i'm yeah i'm I'm in agreement here they could have done something with the color scheme or even the the material like i don't know if it's right where the joysticks are i know we're analyzing this controller to death but where the analog (laughs) sticks are the material looks like a glossy black i don't like that glossy black that's me personally i like like a Right. You know, a little, but not glossy. I don't want my controller to be glossy, if that makes any sense. Um, but this is cool. I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I'm glad that they're, they're swappable sticks. I think that's cool. So that I think that's got, I love. I love that's that. Now I'm interested. Feature. I'm guessing they're not going to offer different sized uh, sticks or different sized uh, analog sticks. That's the that's what Microsoft does. They offer you the 360 sticks. The you know you get like a batch of them in your series or in your oh, elite wow. controller. Now this is probably just in case if those rip, you could just put in new ones. Obviously there's probably aren't right. different sizes. I'd be very shocked if they did that. Uh, but this is cool, man. I, I I'm going to see what the price is. I, I'm very interested to see what the price is on this thing. My guess, 200 bucks. That's, that's see, where I think they're going to go with this. And I'm not paying $200 for this. I would rather, spend $150 on a PS5 regular controller that has that PS1 theme. Because I'm looking at one right now, and it's $148 on some custom gaming controller site, which I would never I would never order it off of that site, off of one of those sites. But, you know, that's just like a personal thing where I, I don't like the whole modding scene. A lot of people swear by it, so it's, it's nothing. It's just... Me personally, I, I want a Sony licensed product. That's just uh, say whatever you want about it, but that's just how I feel. If they, I don't know if they have. I don't think they. I don't think they have. But if they ever release a, because they they did with the PS4 controller, but if they release a PS5 controller that has that gray, uh, color with the rainbow PlayStation logo in the middle and the colored buttons, and it and it looks like the PS1 controller, I'm gonna scoop that up the second they announce it because i don't I, i'm looking to yeah. see if they have a license it looks really cool i see the one that you're do. talking about 148 dollars you do uh, yeah but yeah the ps4 they had a, a sony licensed one for the ps4 and i almost yeah. bought it just to have it and it oh, that thing is sweet 20th yeah. anniversary anniversary 20th anniversary PS4, DualShock 4, wireless controller. It's only $52. I might pick this up anyway. Yeah. Oh, what a waste. Well, I'm, I'm glad that Sony's so offering... Cool yeah, it, it, is, it is nice that Sony's offering a lot more customization with the PS5 era as opposed to the PS4 era. The faceplates on the console, having the ability to swap those out, put in different right. colors. The, now we have the Pro Controller. Pretty cool to see, you know? Uh, so... Let me ask loop. you a question. Go ahead. Uh, out of all of the colors, which I'm sure you've seen, the, the official colors from PlayStation for PS5, you have the regular white, you have a uh, like a deep black where everything's black. It's called Midnight Black. Then you have like a cosmic red, 
you have uh, like a what is this one called starlight blue it's like a, a periwinkle almost you have a pink it's like a hot pink and a purple which color do you like the best out of all six of those that's for the face place, right we're not talking controllers no, i'm talking about the controller oh you're talking about controllers yeah. Oh, uh, Midnight Black, 100%. I actually really? have the Midnight Black controller. and I Oh, you do? I, just, I love the look. I got suckered into buying it at Best Buy because it was on the shelf, and it just looks so cool. Uh, yeah, I was yeah, so close I'm to Midnight buying. Uh, I think it looks cool. I love that like periwinkle color, the one. It's starlight blue. Like I have a lot of shirts in that color, but I don't know if I want my controller to be that color. You know what I'm talking about? It's like a bright, bright blue. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good looking that's a good looking color too. Honestly, I I like all of the colors. If I'm being honest with you, I okay. So if if I had to pick, it's either the purple one. I like the purple, or the black. Those are my two. Just curious. I was just curious what you thought. But anyway, that's it for this episode. We have for your consideration right now. So stick around for that. We're gonna do a two parter. Remember. Psychonauts 2 Part 1 is going to happen right now. Then we're going to switch to Psychonauts Part 2 in our next four-year consideration. When Vinny finishes the game, he's about halfway through, like we said. And then Vinny will get a new game, and I will review... What's the name of that game I'm playing, Vinny? Trover? Trover Saves the Universe. So we're going to do all of that, but we're going to start right now with Psychonauts 2 Part 1. Vinny? Yeah. I was going to say, I think I think what I'll do is I'll, I'll consider maybe keeping this spoiler-free, and then I'll probably, after I beat the game, I'll dive more so into heavy spoiler territory. That's uh, a great once idea. Once I have that complete sort of, yeah, once I have that complete, you know, fresh thought in my mind, so to speak. The first thing I'll say about Psychonauts, or at least my impressions of the game thus far, I'm probably about seven, maybe eight hours right in that range into this game. Dude, it's so good. I really, really am very surprised by how much I'm actively enjoying this game. I think it's awesome. A ton of fun. And I could see exactly why you recommended this game to me. It's totally up my alley. Right. Uh, The first thing that obviously stood out to me, and I'm sure anybody that has played it, is the art style of the game. To be honest with you, I I never really looked at the original Psychonauts and said... Like that art art style really clicked with me. It's when I played this one that I I gained kind of like an appreciation for it. It's sure. very Tim Burton. Like like it it looks like Tim Burton made a video game. If that makes any sense, my that's every place that I go to. I'm thinking in my head that Tim Burton like make this game. He has to have had like a huge part into it. Think <laughs> right. Tim Burton meets Inception. A little bit of Men in Black in here. It's very uh. Over the top, awesome, and and I really, really am digging what I've played so far. The game is very clever. It's actually, like, cleverly written. That's another thing that's kind of stood out to me early on. I think this is a game that it almost reminds me of a... I know a lot of comparisons here, and and this one will make sense in just a second. almost reminds me of, like, a good Pixar movie. And the way that I say that, and why I say that is because kids can really enjoy this game. And adults right. are also going to really enjoy this game. And Pixar does a good job of kind of, you know, if parents that take their kids, they're both going to find some sort of enjoyment in, the, in their films. The game is cleverly written, man. I actually really am digging the story 
I like I didn't think that I was gonna you know actively be uh, like like it almost kind of came across as like a kids movie when I first started playing it but as you kind of get into the story itself you realize that there's actually a lot of complexity to the writing to the story itself it's it's awesome man I don't I don't want to go too in depth with with what I haven't do, I don't know where the story's going yet so I don't really want to you know, dive into too much spoiler territory. I just, those are the things that personally stood out to me. Gameplay is a lot of fun. It's almost like when I'm playing this and we've said this about Yakuza, it brings me back like that warm, fuzzy feeling of like when I was a kid playing video games, we talked about last week about the 3d mascot platformers. So much fun. I love playing 3d platformers. You know, there just aren't a lot of them anymore. And it's such a shame. And they're kind of having this resurgence now. Uh, Another thing that kind of this, this game is lovingly made. Like, you could tell that every part of this game was just painstakingly crafted. And I don't I don't even know how to describe it. It looks so just creative, unique. I, I love to I just love the look and feel of this game. Does that make any sense? I'm trying to wrap yeah. my I'm trying to find the words to describe it. It's like I had a smile on my face playing this. I've, I've had a smile on my face playing it the entire time. The level design is a lot of fun. You're not doing the same thing over and over again. There's actually a lot of unique weight like unique uh, platforming elements and different sort of puzzles that you have to figure out. I know in one area like jumping into these people's minds and the writing gets really creative when you're in somebody's mind in particular as a psychonaut, you know, going into these people's minds, trying to put thoughts into their heads or changing their opinions on things. It's very clever with the way that it handles these things. It's unlike anything I've personally ever seen. Uh, I think you had spoken about it where it's, it's, you can't make a movie with what psychonauts is, right? Like there's no possible way to do it. Uh, it's unlike anything that you're ever going to see or or have probably played before. I don't know. I never played the first or the original Psychonauts. I watched like a little synopsis video on it. But the game actually does a good job at the beginning, kind of letting you know what happened in the first game, you know, before you jump into the second one. It does like a little presentation thing when you go into it. Uh, and it does a good job explaining it. It's a lot of fun, man. I'm, I'm loving what I'm playing so far. I will, I think next week when I, when I finished it, I want to go a little bit more into the particular levels that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in a level right now that's amazing. It's like actually bumped the game up from like an eight to damn near nine. And I could tell if it kind of goes, you know, further down the rabbit hole, so to speak, which it seems like it's going, it's going to end up being like a nine or a 10. I can't recommend this to anybody enough so far from what I've played. It's just a lot of fun. It really is. Now, I'm also worried about, I'm a little bit worried about the length. That's my only concern at this point is I'm thinking of like, how long did Ratchet and Clank take to beat? Would you say? I'm trying to think it's probably like 15, 10 hours, 15, maybe about 10 hours. Maybe it was 15 and I'm, I'm mis misremembering these things. I guess, I guess that's the thing. I'm curious to see how long this game is going to be. I hope it's 15 hours. That's my hope. I want it, I want it, you know, I don't want to be, I don't need a, you know, me, I'm more into the shorter game sort of spectrum. Uh, So I'm hoping this is tight 15 hours and it doesn't kind of overstay its welcome, so to speak. But right now it it hasn't at all. Like the gameplay doesn't get stale. And I I just can't say enough about the writing. 
the writing in this game is really creative. Like you'll be in somebody's mind and, you know, one of the other psychonauts will tell you, oh, I think I think he's having doubts. And then there will be a, a monster that comes right up that and it's a doubt. It's called doubt that you have to kill. Like, I know that sounds very simple and bare bones, but it gets much more thoughtful and creative as the game kind of goes on. It's yeah, dude, this it's, game's awesome. It's a lot it's of fun. It's a personification of all of these different emotions and yeah. uh, what's the word? sort of experiences in your brain. The personification of it is enemies that you have to fight. You have to fight doubt. You have to fight uh, anxiety. You have to fight yeah. censorship. It's it's cool. It's so... So it, it seems like you're struggling to come up with words to describe the game, which is actually good because the game is beyond describing. You have to sort of see it to believe it. And yeah. the, but the one thing I'll say on that is I think the reason that the worlds are so creative is because the core concept of Psychonauts is such a good idea. I think that's really, you know, the jumping off point is such a great concept that it, it just sort of not that it writes itself because the writing is amazing and nothing I would have thought of for the Psychonauts universe, but it's it's so easy to be creative because the, the ideas, the characters are oozing with potential and creativity. So, so I think it starts in the conceptualization phase. And they had such a good foundation with the first Psychonauts that this is just sort of the realization of everything they probably wanted to do on the PS2 but you would have had to have 50 PS2s to do what they've done with this game. You know what I mean? As far as uh, computation power and, and just graphical fidelity. And, you know, we always say graphics are important, but gameplay is, is far more important. This is one of those games where because it's not, you're not trying to be realistic, it's, it's very art-driven and, and stylized, it really lends itself to the increased graphical fidelity. Like, like the game actually functions better and, and delivers its message better because of the graphics. And that's rare, I would say. You know, because graphics are normally just something pretty to look at. You know, let's be honest. You know, more realism, more whatever. But this, the graphics serve the story. And that's another really big deal, I think, with this game. Yeah, it's beautiful. It is genuinely a beautiful game to look at, and I couldn't agree with you anymore. I'll also say this for a, for a developer to have this sort of concept, uh, Double Fine, probably yeah. the perfect developer for a game of, of this, you know, of, with this concept, an Inception sort of experience. Double Fine did such an outstanding job with the concept. It's, it's so brilliantly uh, laid out. Yeah, let's let's before we go, let's talk about that a little bit. Do you know anything about Double Fine or sort of the lineage of Psychonauts? I don't know anything about the lineage of Psychonauts itself. I do know a few Double Fine games that I've played in the past. Uh, okay. I dove into Grim Fandango. Oh, I played the remaster. Oh, there which you go. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was fantastic. A lot of fun. Uh, Broken Age, I believe, was out on the PlayStation Four. I love oh, that played game. Broken Age? A lot of fun. Oh yeah, Broken Age did you, was awesome. It was did a free you beat game. It? I want to say that I did. It was so long ago at this point. Did you get? Did you get to the the twist? 
Mm, don't spoil it for me. I well, won't spoil I, mean, I guess it you can. No, I, I won't. It, it, the, the, there's came a, out so there, long ago. There's a plot twist in that game that is so good. I still think about it like to this day. It is so good. And, and I've talked to... My sister played it, and I, I recommended it to her. And Teresa, she said she saw it coming, but... I didn't see it coming at all, and I consider myself pretty well versed in in sort of you know plot tricks and things like that. But but it had so, it was such a good twist as far as it, it's awesome. I would I would highly recommend going back and finishing Broken Age if if you have the time, which you don't. So never mind. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so so it's Tim Schafer. Tim Schafer is is the creative figurehead for all of these games at double fine it's it's you know more or less his studio and and you know a few other people but but it's it's tim schaefer tim schaefer is is the the guy so um he he his sort of claim to fame was the secret of monkey island as well as day of the tentacle and and like you already mentioned grim fandango those were some of his bigger games but he also has a history with jack black which is why i know the level you're playing right now is the jack black level he did that brutal legend game do you remember that game that's it was right yeah really starred black jack yeah yeah but uh he i'm almost positive funny enough that, that you brought up broken age i'm p- almost positive broken age was a kickstarter program and i'm looking looking at it right now just to Fact check. Yep. It was it was a working under the title Double Fine Adventure as a placeholder title, and it was a Kickstarter crowdfunded project. Promoted by Double Fine and Two Player Productions in February twenty twelve. So yeah, it was it it you know, raised its money and it had two acts and it was he he's he's a very creative storyteller, Tim Schaefer, but he does things that serve his medium extremely well as in Psychonauts 2, as in Broken Age, as in, I would argue, the first Psychonauts. There was also a VR Psychonauts game that I did not have the pleasure of playing, and I'm pretty sure it's a PlayStation VR exclusive. Oh, no, no, that's wrong. It's not at all. It's on Vive and Oculus. But anyway, I did want to check that out because I love Psychonauts. I've I've played the first one probably five or six times uh not all the way through i always get to like near the end and sort of something else catches my eye but i finally made a point to actually complete the game um before the second game came out and i and i did i beat it before the second game came out so i went straight from the first one right into the second one and i have to say it it's uncanny how similar the second game is to the first one and the first one is a ps2 game it's just it's it's very very close to the same thing but obviously some innovations in gameplay but but you know the characters the writing style the if you like this this game you know i would say go back and check out the first one just at least brush up on it a little bit because the game's awesome i i it was one of the first games i've bought i bought like two or three times i had it on I had it on Xbox, I had it on PS2, I had it on, and then I re, like re-downloaded it for PS3, and then I bought it again for PS4. <laughs> so I, wow. I bought the game like four times. Yeah, Be- that's how much I loved it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think Psychonauts 2, we'll dive a little deeper next week, but it's, it's, it's a special game. 
And and to me, it it would have been my game of the year had it not been for uh oh no, Psychonauts 2 came out in 2021. Yeah, that was la- yeah, it came out last year, I want to say. Oh, then it's my game not of the year, year for 2021. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. 100%. Wow. 100%. I don't I don't know. I I'd have to, you know, very quickly go and brush up on 2021, but I don't think anything touches that game. That game is so good. So good. Um, keep playing. I would say one thing about me is I felt like it was going to end maybe three or four times, but I'm also like you where I like shorter games, unless it's something like Yakuza Like a Dragon where it just serves that longer play play style. But I was thrilled every time the game didn't end. I will say that because I was, this was one of those games that I played as sparingly as I possibly could because every second I played, I was just so thrilled to be playing it that I really like let it breathe. I marinated <laughs> for weeks playing that. It literally probably took me a month to, to beat it because I would go in for an wow. hour at a time and, and put it down going for another hour, put it down. I did not want the game to end. I love this game so much. But that's well, that's what I'll say about the game not ending quick enough. I I if the game went on for another 20 hours, I wouldn't have had any problems, I don't think, because I just think it's that good. But I understand what you're saying. Um Interesting. You said you're on the Jack Black level, right? Yeah, I'm on the Jack Black level right now, which is amazing. I was too tired to keep going. I was like, you know what? I think we discussed this. I I Literally was like, I, I got to be fresh minded. I got to be enjoying this a lot more than right. I am right now. So because the game is I just hope this creativity keeps up, if that makes any sense. That's what I, that's what I'm a little fearful of the game being no, a little longer. Um, so I'm interested to see where it kind of takes me from that point on. Uh, but it's awesome. I like I can't wait to go back and and play some more because I'll definitely have it beat by next week. Obviously, um, who's your uh, favorite character so far? Who's the uh, the potato Ford, guy? Ford Crawler. I knew you were gonna say that. Yeah, Ford Crawler. The, the, yeah. He looks straight. At, he looks straight out of Nightmare Before Christmas. Looks just like the like he. I, he reminds me of oh, the, the potato guy from oh, the Nightmare oh. Before Christmas. No, I'm talking about the potato guy. Literally a potato sized human being. Looks like Mr. Potato, but he Tim was Burton the uh, he was the he He's ended at the up beginning being the, of the game. Yeah, yeah. He and, ended and up being the bad guy at the end of the first game. Yeah, he's um, funny. All he, the characters are funny, though. Right, they're all good. The, um, the doctor at the beginning is hilarious. He's he, he's like actually like a really funny person. The dude with the he's got the brain hanging out. Oh yeah, the, he's the, the teeth dentist guy. The dentist. Yeah, yeah the dentist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's funny. Isn't that teeth they're world in the beginning creepy? Oh it's man, so it's so cool. Cre- it's like it, it makes is you so or like, just it's so cool. It's where do they such come a, up with this? I don't know, and it looks beautiful too. Like like it really does. The lighting is really cool. Um, the casino world. I think we'll we'll dive more into the individual worlds themselves. I'm sure next week. Okay. But there is some really impressive world creating here because there's obviously distinct areas. They're so distinct from one another. They're totally different. So um, that's what's kind of pushing me to keep going too. Is just excited to see what where the hell I'm going to go next. Uh, that makes right. any sense. Yeah. No, that a hundred percent makes sense. The game also yeah. is surprisingly funny. Like the humor yes. is it's hilarious. Just, it, and, and it gets funnier 
the the further you get into it, the funnier it gets. So I'm excited for you to play the rest of this. You absolutely have to finish this one. I no exceptions. You, trust me, you will be thanking me that you beat this game. It is so good. But I mean, that's all we have for this week. We will we will I I. I I'm really, really excited for you to finish this game. I, I cannot wait to finish talking about this next week. But uh, but I'm happy mm-hmm. that you're taking your time and giving it the attention it deserves. And that, to me, is a sign of a really special game where you say to yourself, because we, we talked about this off the air, we, you say to yourself, I need to stop playing this because it is not getting my full attention and it deserves my full attention. That's how you know the game's yeah. special. And, yeah. and that's how I've, I also felt about Psychonauts too. So until next time... We will see you all. Thank you for listening. We'll see you all on episode 15 of the PS Blue podcast. Thank you, as always, for tuning in and making it this far. Thanks, guys.